Welcome to the Keep Birth Wild podcast. My name is Indy and through this series I'll be speaking to women who plan to birth their babies at home. Join me to hear home birth mothers sharing their stories of pregnancy, birth and postpartum. In today's episode, I chat with Ruby about the births of her three children, Louis, Pearl and Vince. Louis and Pearl were both born at home. Vince decided he wanted to do things a little differently, but I'll let Ruby tell you how his birth panned out. Hi Ruby, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. Would you like to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your family? Yeah, sure. Um, myself and my husband, Pat, have three kids together and we've been together about just over seven years now. Um, we've got Louis, Pearl and Vince and we had Louis and Pearl at home, actually at my parents' home in a, like a granny flat, um, because our, our, we lived in a little unit, which I wasn't sure about how neighbors would go and things like that if we had the kids at home there. And then Vincy um, was a beautiful um, breech birth at the hospital. Oh, lovely. And whereabouts are you guys living at the moment? So we're in Canberra. Um, yeah, lived here most of my life. So did you have any ideas about when you wanted to start a family or how did that come about for you guys? Uh, I don't really recall us ever talking about it specifically. We both knew that we wanted kids. Um and I remember when I first met Pat that he runs a beautiful little cafe that a lot of mums groups go to. And I noticed how clucky he was with a lot of the children. So I figured it was probably something he wanted. Um, and yeah, we never really discussed it at all. And all three of our children were surprises. None of them were planned. Um, but all very happy surprises. Yeah, lovely. So the first time around um, falling pregnant with Louis, uh, how did you feel when you first found out and then um, did you have any symptoms at all through sort of the first trimester? I did. Um, when my periods have always been like clockwork and I don't know why I didn't trigger to that point um, when I got to six weeks with him. Um, I hadn't really thought about it. And I felt really, really sick one day and I happened to go to a friend's baby shower that night. I was meant to go to work all day and I, I really didn't want to miss her baby shower, but I went home from work and I popped along for about 15 minutes and got home and that's when I started to think maybe I was pregnant. So um, my partner, um, Pat, went and got a pregnancy test and we did it um, the next morning and found out. And were you feeling having any morning sickness at that point or how, how were you feeling throughout your pregnancy? Um, I, well, I was literally fine until six weeks on the dot uh, and then it just hit me till probably through to about 22, 23 weeks. And I was really, really sick all day. I didn't understand the whole term of morning sickness because I was sick from the minute I woke up to the minute I went <laughs> to sleep each night. Um, so work was a little bit tricky. My boss and workmates were obviously very um empathetic and supportive so we just had modified my work a little bit um and yeah I I guess I tried to still kind of eat healthy knowing that I probably wasn't going to keep much of it down but I tried to do that and get as much fresh air as I could um because for a few weeks there I just I could barely even get out of bed in the apartment I just felt so ill at what point in that pregnancy did you decide that you wanted to have a home birth and 
Um, I guess what factors played into that? Um, well, I had always known that I would have home births with my children if I could. Um, I had been born at home and when I was about three and a half, my sister was also born at home up in Mullumbimby and I was a part of that birth and that always stuck with me. I was I actually thought I'd become a midwife when I grew up as well. Um, so I talked to my husband about it and um, he basically said, whatever you're comfortable doing, then I'm happy with that. What I, whatever, wherever it is that you want to be, then I'm supportive of that. So that was really good. Um, I certainly did get some challenging questions from, not from family because we'd all been born at home, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but I definitely found a lot of people once they found out I was having a home birth had questions, <laughs> which was interesting. Yeah, that's often the case, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess you started looking for a midwife then. What sort of care did you go with and how was it um, sort of finding a provider in your area? Uh, yeah, it was. I found it quite difficult. Um, so even though I had always known I wanted to have a home birth, um, when I was born in the mid-'80s, it was a really big thing here in Canberra. I don't know about elsewhere in Australia, but there was a home birth group that was quite active had a lot of members and it was quite a normal thing to do here. Um, whereas five years ago when I had Louie, it was not something that I knew anyone who'd had a home birth. Um, so I was kind of nervous about that and we did actually contact um, the birthing centre here in Canberra because I had a real fear about having a hospital birth. So I wanted to choose some kind of system of care that would be a little bit less intervention. Um and we went to one info session there, which which was all right. But then fortunately, a friend of a friend um, gave me a contact number for a midwife who is a private midwife and works in this local area. And I called her straight away and asked if she had any space. Uh, and we had a lovely conversation on the phone for about 45 minutes, during which I knew straight away she was the woman who I would want to support me during the pregnancy and birth. Um, so, yeah, that was very, very lucky. Beautiful. And and that was five years ago. So was she at that time practicing um, solo or did she have another midwife that attended birth? Uh, she had another she had another midwife. So she runs a small business. Um and she had another midwife and also a couple of students as well who came through um one of the hospitals in the UC program. So did you um opt to, was it sort of a choice that you had to have a student midwife at the birth and in your antenatal appointments as well or did they sort of just pop in and out Um I think it was it was entirely up to us and with Louie I didn't have one um I don't think there was one that needed to attend any births at that stage but with um Pearl we had a student midwife who was lovely and we still know really well uh, beautiful so how was sort of the rest of your pregnancy up until 40 weeks? Did you have um, yeah anything come up during that time or were you just um, enjoying being pregnant? And, yeah, how was that for you up until the last few weeks? Uh, it was it was really good. I was running my own business um, and working somewhere else part-time, but I did find that once the morning sickness um, left, you know, around 22, 23 weeks, from then until the end I actually felt really good. Um, uh, yeah, really healthy and excited. Um, and I worked up until 40 weeks on the dot because I, the small building that I was in where I had my little pop-up shop, 
happened to be closing down that Christmas. So I had to pack it all up myself with my husband and some friends. So yeah, I was working up until a couple of days before I had Lou. (laughs) And you mentioned that you um, had the first two births at your parents' house. So had you set up a birth space there? Um, We did. Yeah, we did. So we were living in an apartment. um, And although I didn't mind having a baby there I wasn't sure how it was pretty small and quite close to other people so I wasn't sure not knowing how I would be in labor either whether you know it would be a space that I'd want to and I had also thought that I might want to go outside and walk around and that we didn't have a front or backyard so my parents um, offered for us to use their granny flat out the back of their house Um, so that yeah that worked out fantastically so we had a beautiful bathroom and um, a nice bed in there and everything. We set up a birthing pool. Uh, yeah, and then we had dinner with them that night, which was really lovely. Oh, that's amazing. Um, so what did, throughout your pregnancy, what did your antenatal care look like? Was that in your home or did your midwife have practising rooms? Uh, it was at our home. So, yeah, she would come and visit. for From the beginning it was about once a month and then from halfway through it was every two weeks and then towards the end of it was every week. And she um, also came and visited a couple of days after the birth and then once a week for the next six weeks after that as well. And did she do any kind of birth education with you or did you sort of um, yeah, opt to do any other courses at all? Um, the only other thing I did was a prenatal yoga class, which another friend had mentioned that it was, was quite a nice thing to do. Um, so I did that. I actually did that with all three of my pregnancies and not so much about, I guess, educating myself about birth, but just having time that was to myself, especially with subsequent pregnancies. It was one of the few moments during the week where I would have a quiet half an hour to an hour um, without a toddler running around and could just focus on myself and the baby. So that was a really and, – and meeting other women too, I guess, because none of my friends – I think only two of my friends at that stage had had children – so it was just good to be able to talk to other women about things that they were experiencing. And um, I was the only one having a home birth. Everyone else was having um, either hospital or the um, maternity um, birthing centre births. But it was still, yeah, it was really interesting just to connect with everyone and see what they were going through as well. Absolutely. So do you want to take us through some of the early signs of your labour starting and maybe how many weeks you were when that happened? Yeah, so uh, with Louis, I was 41 weeks and I, f- I did find the last few days really I was very fed up, but my midwife had kind of said, you'll know when it's getting close, Goose, you'll be so over it that it'll just happen. And I, I remember we had had all these plans for Christmas and New Year's. We just spent most of the last week at home. Um, and then I... The night before I had him, I started having a few contractions and went to sleep and had a pretty restless night that night. And then when I woke up the next morning, I knew that it was happening from early in the morning. So we we gave my midwife a call and we contacted my parents. And she said, you know, head over to their place and get the, the pool set up. So we got over there early in the morning um, and my midwife turned up, I think, around 10 and we had Louis at about seven, I think, that night. It was all a bit of a blur in the end. <laughs> but it was pretty, once it hit, it just started. So did she, um, when she came over, was that 
was she sort of thinking that you were in active labour at that point and needed her there or was she just coming to check on you? Yeah, she was. So um, we had a really good relationship and one of the first things she sort of said to me was that she makes sure, because she lives a little bit further away, she makes sure that she talks to you on the phone. She said, I can hear in your voice if I need to come or not. So she got me to hold the phone to my ear during two contractions so that she could see how close they were and how I sounded when I had them. And so that's why she knew that she needed to come. (laughs) Beautiful. And how had you been managing sort of the contractions or the pain up until that point that she got there? Were you already in the birth pool or? Yeah, I got into the, uh, so at home I'd been in the, when we're at our flat, I'd been in the shower and then we drove across to my parents' place and I hopped in their bathtub while my dad and partner filled up the birthing pool and then I hopped into the pool and just stayed in it till till Louis was born. I didn't feel like getting out at all. And I'm guessing you didn't have any internal checks done then? No. So um, that was one thing I really loved about my midwife, that she talked about all the things I, I could opt for but that she would never um, interrupt me during labour or ask me. So we... We had um, his heartbeat checked and, you know, during the pregnancy I had ultrasounds and things like that, but I was really glad to not be pressured into any exams or or things like that during labour. I found that that just meant I was able to progress at my own pace, I guess. Do you want to tell tell the listeners a little bit about um, what it was like birthing him and who caught him and just what that experience was like? Yeah, um, one it was interesting with Louis. It was a bit different with um, with Pearl and Vince. But with Louis, I felt almost like I was hallucinating, I guess. I remember focusing, for, using from yoga when we were talked about focusing on where your third eye is to channel all your energy there during each contraction. And what seemed to happen was that I then transported to my favourite place in Hampstead Heath in London where it was a beautiful field that I had walked through when I was pregnant with him. And that's kind of where the imagery was in my in my head. And I really I think I only really gave him one strong push towards the end. And I remember telling my partner to jump in because he was coming and so he hopped behind me. I was squat I was sort of on all fours leaning against the edge of the pool. Um and I yeah, I knew at that that push that that's when he was coming out. And your partner Pat caught him? Yeah, yeah. He caught uh, all three. (laughs) And did you know that Louis was a boy? Uh, We did with Louis. Yeah, we knew Louis was a boy. I am not great with waiting for surprises, so I was happy to find out with him as soon as we could. I just wanted to know. (laughs) Yeah, lovely. It's it's special knowing as well and being able to prepare and and visualize, you know, who who's coming. <laughs> yeah, and even with choosing names and things, like it just it sort of helped us narrow down trying to think of who he was, you know, when he was going to be born and and that sort of a thing. Yeah, definitely. I I still have this sensation when I look back at photos of me pregnant and and I just think, how could I have not known it was you all yeah. along? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how yeah they come with their own own personality (laughs) yeah definitely oh lovely and so um what was after he was born um how did things sort of pan out from there did you deliver the placenta in the pool or or what was that like for you um I hopped out of the pool pretty soon after and onto the bed and I delivered the placenta about half an hour later 
I think it was. Yeah, it was about half an hour later. And had Louis latched on and had a breastfeed during that time? Yeah, yeah, he had. He's Yeah, he fed really well and then he slept in between us that night um, and then, yeah, fed really well and the midwife came and checked in the next morning, which was lovely. And you mentioned that um, maybe you had some bigger babies. Do you remember how much he weighed? He was 3.86. Okay, yeah. What was the sort of first six weeks like with him? How was your recovery? Did you have any any damage done? Or um, I had a little bit of a tear, but my midwife said that it wasn't. She preferred to leave things to heal naturally rather than stitching up. Um, so that was yeah, that was fine. That um, healed well. Like I, I don't really remember. I remember feeling a little bit of the the burning sensation when it did tear. And um, recovery was a little bit difficult, I guess, for me. So Louis did end up needing to go to hospital for an unrelated um, birthing issue. Um, so recovery was a little bit different because everything was about looking after him in hospital for a couple of weeks. So I found that I didn't, I guess, get the chance to focus on myself as much as I would have liked to in terms of sleeping and trying to nourish you know, myself with food and everything and establish breastfeeding. Those kinds of things went to the side a little bit. Um, but once we got back home, he, we were sort of focused on that. We, we stayed home for a couple of weeks just to really nurture and, and cherish the, the newborn life, I guess. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, it's hard enough recovering, even with a really straightforward birth. It's, you know, you've still got your body to take care of and, and especially the first baby, so much to learn as well. And trying to do that while you're in and out of um, in and out of the hospital would have been really tricky. Yeah, it was def- definitely a, yeah a challenging time. But I think I always look back at it as he kind of came here to. It, it was definitely something I had to, as I had said, I had never wanted to have a baby in hospital. So I was very um, proud and glad that I'd been able to have a first child at home and have such a beautiful birth. And then it meant that I had to challenge myself a little bit by being in the hospital system and just learning about all those different parameters you have to deal with and advocating for him. That was a wonderful thing that my midwife, so she she came along as well. And she really talked to us about how we have to be his advocate for everything. So that was, yeah, that was really interesting. It made me, I think, a stronger person. And I learned to stand up for him a lot more and, and make sure he was getting the care that he really needed. Mm, absolutely. And in a way, it's easier to stand up for your child than for yourself. Even yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, beautiful. So sort of going on from that first birth, how were you, how were you feeling about another baby? Had, I mean, you mentioned that your, all three of them were surprises, but were you sort yeah. of looking forward well, Pearl to was, that again? Uh, we were. Um, Pearl, we had, I, so I fell pregnant with Pearl on what must have been my first period after Louis, um, which was a bit of a, a shock. Um, so they're only 15 months apart. And um, so I was, yeah, I was pretty shocked when I found out we were having Pearl because we only had Louis essentially as a, a baby still. Um, but, uh, yeah, the pregnancy, I guess, with Pearl was quite similar again six weeks on the dot I suddenly felt really sick and I because I hadn't had a period I just assumed uh well you know I had a bug or something um and then yeah a few weeks after that I said to my husband I was like I just you know something's not right I think you know 
because um, I had, I guess I hadn't really assumed my periods would come back so soon anyway. Um, so yeah, so we did a pregnancy test and we were, we were pretty shocked, but again, um, excited. I guess Louis is such a, a lovely little baby. We we're excited to see what a new addition would do for our family. Um, and I certainly sensed that Pearl's personality was a pretty feisty, independent person. We didn't know she was, we found out she was a girl, um, when we had, you know, the 20 week scan. But before that, I hadn't really had much of an idea. Um, but yeah, she's definitely a very strong, strong willed woman. Yeah, lovely. And were you sick kind of, you know, for the whole first half again? Yeah, yeah, till about the same time. And I think that was with all three from about the six weeks to, to 22, 23 weeks. Um, and I remember saying to my husband, can you film me? And, and I, I will never, ever get pregnant again. I cannot go through this. I hate feeling so sick. Um, I'm good at nurturing other people. I just, I hate, I hate feeling ill like that when you, you sort of can't control it and it's all day, every day. Um, but again, once, once it left, I, I felt fine. I felt really, really good again, really healthy. Um, a lot more active, I guess, because I had a baby to look after as well. Um, so I certainly didn't feel that I could lie down and read a book or watch TV when I needed to rest like I had with Louie. Um, and with Pearl, I think I remember it was about lunchtime. I went and had, uh, on the, I also had her at 41 weeks as well. And I went and had lunch with my mum one day and we were sitting opposite side of the table and I had Louie on my lap and I had a contraction. I was like, Oh, and she's like, Oh, you're right. And I said, Oh, you know, I contraction, but I feel fine. I don't feel like anything's happening. Um, and we had been, because it was the Easter weekend, we had a lot of family in town and we were planning a big get together that night. And so I said, oh, well, you know, I'll go home, have a bit of a rest and I'll, I'll come over and see you guys later. And, uh, got home and my husband had been working at a big event. And so I was sort of waiting till he got home because I had a few more contractions. I thought, oh, maybe it is something, you know, I hadn't had any others during the week. So I, I thought it might just be a bit of Braxton Hicks and he walked through the door and then I had a huge contraction and I, um, he said, I'm going to, ha- I'm going to call our midwife. So he called her, put her on the phone and she said, yeah, I think you're, <laughs> you're ready. Um, so we jumped in the car and went straight over to my parents' house, um, without any warning. And all the family was there, you know, sort of for a big family get together. We went out to the room out the back and my midwife didn't even make that birth, um, because Pearl came so fast. We, we got the, managed to get the pool set up in time and I jumped in the pool and, uh, I remember thinking that maybe I might be needing to push sometime soon. And the wonderful thing with Pearl and a very telling sign of her personality was that um, I had the fetal ejection reflex with her. So I called to Pat had just been sitting next to the pool and I said, she's coming. I'm not even pushing her. She, I can feel that she's about to fly out of me. So he jumped in the pool and caught her, luckily just as she flew <laughs> flew out. Um, so her labor was about two and a half hours altogether from the contraction I had at lunchtime to going home and wondering if something was happening. Um, and then to getting in the pool and we had her. So that was pretty. Wow. That was pretty exciting. <laughs> a bit, bit of a rush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I guess that was so lucky that you were at your parents' house and, um, you sort of had people around to, were they keeping an eye on Louis or was he? Yeah. Yeah. So they were looking at, cause I had sort of thought, oh, he'll be involved in the, in the, you know, the birth and he'll want to be here. And it was just so, 
I remember at one point, you know, my cousin had come out. She said, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And I was like, oh, I feel – because I also didn't – I'd been having contractions, but nothing that was really intense, like with Louie. And so I was like, oh, you know, I'm feeling all right. And then my sort of my sister came out to say hello and just see how I was going. And then uh, – because it, it was just my partner and I in the room. And as she came, she's like, I can hear a baby crying. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, this has all happened really suddenly. Um and it was interesting because my midwife had talked to me about it early on in the pregnancy. And because Louis had been a seven-hour labor, she said, you know, a subsequent birth is, is probably going to be shorter. And she said, so um, I'll stay on the phone with you the whole time, but we might have to face the reality that I might not make it, you know, in time, depending on how, how quick it is. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely because I didn't have any of the intensity like I had with Louis, I guess I didn't really feel that it was going to be so soon. Um, and I, yeah, I didn't push her at all. She just, she just came flying out and luckily Pat jumped into the pool and caught her. <laughs> and, and so was she on the phone with you guys at that point or? Yeah, she was. Yep. Yeah. And so she turned up pretty soon after that and, um, and checked us all over and we, we I delivered the placenta in bed again. Um, and we all had dinner together, which was lovely with all the family. Um, yeah, and she came and checked checked on Pearl and I again the next morning. And my my husband, who had had a huge event that weekend because it was Easter, um, he had to go back to work the next day. So I went out with him, and I remember thinking how different it was to with Louis. So my um, my parents in law looked after Louis that whole day, and I went out. And we were sort of sitting out in a property where this event was, um, and I sat in the car with with Pearl as a one day old just resting in the sunshine and that actually was a really lovely thing to do. But a few people were shocked that I'd gone out, but I was just sitting by myself in the fresh air and the sunshine and it was actually a really nice way to unwind in a relaxing way because the birth had been so sudden and so not out of my control, but I could feel that she was doing it herself. So it was actually really nice to sit the next day and just soak it all in, I guess, have a longer time to soak it in. Yeah. Did you feel did you feel that you were kind of in shock a little bit just because of the speed? Um, I didn't feel shock at all. I had a huge adrenaline, which was really interesting. Um, and it took a couple of days before I felt tired. So I guess that was an interesting thing with that with Louis I had felt quite tired after I had him, but with Pearl I didn't. Um, because my body hadn't really given me much inkling that it was going to happen that day anyway. Um yeah, sort of, I guess it took a couple of days for all those hormones to, to go away and for everything to sort of sink in. And she, I mean, she latched really well. Um, she's a very snuggly baby. Louis had never really wanted to cuddle too much, but Pearl just loved being wrapped to me, which was quite interesting. Uh, she was a bit, a bit more of a koala, I guess. <laughs> and how was, how was she at breastfeeding? Yeah, uh, amazing. I did have trouble with, um, for it ended up uh I had been to a lactation um specialist after a couple of weeks because I'd been fine for the first few weeks um and then I started to get a a pain so I wasn't sure if I was developing mastitis or you know because her latch had seemed fine and I remember going to a lactation person at the um the local nurses clinic and they they said look positioning's fine you know her latch is fine your milk flow is fine we can't understand why you'd be having this pain and I said it felt like it was like a a knife jabbing into my breast kind of and I my poor husband was you know 
looking at all these YouTube videos and trying out all these techniques of things to sort of help soothe and everything. And I remember buying um, one of those expressing machines to see if that would do anything. But it just, it, I don't know, it seemed to clear up after about two weeks. So I'm not sure. It wasn't mastitis, but it just seemed to be something that, um, yeah, I wasn't wasn't coping with too well. But she she latched fine, which was lucky, and I just made myself breastfeed through it until it until it corrected, I guess. Mm. Well, that sounds painful. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, luckily it didn't happen again. She actually fed um, through till she was three. She was very. She loved loved feeding, and it wasn't until I fell pregnant with my next one that my milk. I remember my, my milk dried up when I was about twenty four weeks. And she was so disappointed <laughs> and she persisted trying to get it to come back. And it, it did. It came back at about um, 35 weeks. The milk came back in and she was so excited. I remember seeing her because she kept persisting with, with like comfort sucking and things like that. Yeah. Um, and she got very excited when it came back. So I had to talk to her about how it would be the baby's milk and that, you know, she wouldn't be able to feed anymore, which was a bit of a hard, hard thing to realize for her. Oh, so when did, when did Louis win? Uh, he weaned pretty early, um, at hospital. I had found that a little bit tricky because they were quite keen to move on to formula. Um, and that was, a, you know, because they couldn't measure all the milk all the time that was coming from me and they, you know, which I mean they could because it's in bottles and it goes through, um, a bottle anyway, you can see how many mils are in it. But, um, that was something I guess that I wish I had stood up a little bit more about um, because I, I really wanted to breastfeed longer, but because I was, they put him on formula, then my milk dried up a little bit. So I did um, try uh, the lactation cookies and things like that, but I, yeah, my milk just dried up. So I guess I was really happy that Pearl, even though she fed for quite a few years, I actually was really happy to enjoy that because we had always thought we'd have two children. So I kind of assumed that that was my chance to experience breastfeeding. Yeah, okay. So so how old was Louis then when he was in hospital? Uh, till about two months. So he, he was on formula from about four weeks onwards. Okay, yeah. Yeah, well, that would have been really beautiful to have that nice long feeding journey the second time around. Yeah, yeah it was. It was really good. Hmm. So, and then a few, when she was three, you said you found out that you were pregnant again. <laughs> um, yes, that was a shock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, I guess we kind of thought it just must be meant to be. <laughs> um, we, yeah, we had only ever thought we would have two children. Um, so the idea of three was a really huge shift. Um we had moved out of our little flat into a three-bedroom house with um when we're near a park and and everything, and we thought, well, you know, we had the space, and it was something we did talk about seriously because we knew it would change the family dynamic. Um, but in the end, we we decided that the only thing we could do would be to would be to have him and and be excited about the, that journey. Um. And with Vince, again, it was six weeks on the mark. I got morning sickness and it lasted through a little bit longer with him actually to about 26, 28 weeks. Um, and and did, I found, sorry? Did you find out that he was, or did you find out the gender as well? No, we didn't. It was funny. Uh, a lot of people saying, oh, you know, you have one of each now. It doesn't matter what you have. And I 
it was interesting. My approach with Vince was that it was such a surprise to be having a third child anyway that I wanted some kind of surprise at the end that, you know, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't know anything about. So we decided not to find out with him. Um, and it was interesting. I'd been wrong anyway. We, I had thought that Louis was a girl and I had thought that Pearl was a boy when I was pregnant. So I figured I didn't really know too much anyway. I carried them both differently, but um, I didn't know how many of the old wives' tales were true or not, you know, things like that. Mm. Did you have a feeling with him or you just didn't trust yourself at all? I that? didn't trust myself anymore because I kind of thought if I got it wrong, <laughs> wrong 100% of the time, maybe I, yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. We didn't have names either because we had used uh, a lot of our family names and special names for Louis and Pearl. And we, when it came to Vince, we just sort of had like a short list of, we did have mainly boys' names, so maybe we did kind of know. Um, but, yeah, we, we just thought it would be nice to have that as a surprise at the end. And you went with the same midwife again for your antenatal care? Yeah, we did. I remember uh, when Pearl was three days old, um, she made a joke about seeing us for the next one, and I laughed. I was like, oh, she said, oh, you know, I'm joking. So I felt really sheepish when <laughs> I had to ring her up. <laughs> and say you'll never guess but we are actually having a third um and she was delighted so it was really lovely she said it she feels it's a privilege to be with families as they grow and change because she also then gets to see the children that she's been at their their birth of growing up as well um and that was really lovely for my daughter too because she was at all the the visits and got to help out with the um you know the doppler and and all that sort of thing. That was quite a lovely, like a bonding experience, I think, for my daughter. Mm. And and Louis was at school at that, at that time? Yeah. Yeah, he was at school. Yep. Yeah. Beautiful. So um, heading into uh, – so at what point you mentioned that you found out that Vince was breached. At what point did you find that out? Not till the very end. And it was interesting because I kind of – I knew that he felt like he was sitting different to Louis and Pearl. Louis and Pearl had sort of been head down gosh, from about 32, 34 weeks onwards and just stayed down. Whereas with Vince, I could I could see this huge lump under my left ribs that would always stick up at a weird angle and I just thought that can't be a bottom, like it's not sitting sitting right. So at about 40 weeks, um, but he had been moving. He was so – he was flip. I could feel him flipping around every single day anyway – um, and at about 40 weeks, my midwife said, you know, I'm just not sure if he's breached or not because it feels like, she said, it's really hard to tell because of the way he was sitting and moving so often. It was really hard to tell. So most times when she'd come for a visit, he was actually head down. Um, but this particular time she came and, and he was bum up. So she said, well, we'll wait and see next week what he's doing and then we'll have a chat about it. Um, she had delivered breech babies at home before and I she said, you know, she went through the different risk factors with me and she said it was up to me. There was no reason why we couldn't have him at home. Um and so I once I had talked to her and I did with the other two children I didn't do any research because I had trusted my body and the baby. But then once, you know, you mention breach to people, you get all these horror stories and a lot more fear than even just having a home birth, but about having a breech birth. And um, so I did do a lot more research and I found that once I had done more research, I was a lot more confident to have him at home. Um, 
and that was the plan. And then at 42 weeks, um, I had I had actually tried the moxa sticks to try and turn him in a few um, different yoga positions, but he wasn't moving, and I I felt that that meant he knew that he was going to be breached, and it wasn't something that I needed to try and change. Um, and then at 42 weeks, because uh, I was getting close, you know, <laughs> to to when we wouldn't be able to have him at home anyway, um, we had an ultrasound and. That was when they said that he might be over five kilos, the um, the technician, once they did their report and sent it to her. So she rang me that night and she said, look, I have no problem with delivering a breech baby, but my concern is that because the ultrasounds can be out, you know, by 15 20%, if he is over five kilo and he's born at home and there's issues, it might be hard, you know, if there's only two of us midwives here because, you know, she has a support to deal with an issue. She said, I would be more comfortable going to the hospital, but we can do it in a planned way and go in and talk to them. And she could come in as my private midwife. Um, so that was a pretty challenging thing. I was pretty with the other two. I've had such beautiful home births that the thought of having to go to hospital was really hard. And I remember just bursting into tears and she said, you know, it's okay. It's just that it's a different birth. It doesn't mean that you won't, have a wonderful experience it's just that it's a different experience to what you were were planning I guess um so we went to the hospital the next day and we met with the obstetrician there who was a lovely man in his 70s and he's trained in breech birth and it was really reassuring to speak with him because he sort of outlined all the all the different studies that had been done and the research and he was talking about how you know, the problem is a lot of people aren't actually trained in breech birth anymore, and that's where the main issue is. A lot of hospitals are scared to support them. So I guess I was lucky that we actually had one at this hospital um, who had been doing breech birth his whole whole career. Um, so he was he was happy and, and confident, and especially because it was a third baby and that it had gone over the 40 weeks because he, he talked about how it's, you know, you want to have the proportion of the head and the bottom um, in your favor. Um, so the plan with him though, the only thing was that he only works certain days of the week. So the next hurdle I had to jump was that he said, um, I'm only working tomorrow and then I'm off for four days. So would we be able to book you in for an induction at seven in the morning? Um, which again was something because I'd had no interventions with my two other pregnancies and births. Again, it was something I had fear of and I was really struggling with. Um, and so I remember we went outside and I sat with my midwife and she, you know, held my hand and, and talked to me about the, the wonderful experiences I'd had previously and that this was just, again, it was just a different one and it didn't mean it wouldn't be as enjoyable and wonderful. And it's just that I had different parameters that I had to work with. And so that sort of calmed me in that afternoon, we went home and I felt good. And then that night, um, because I guess I was so relaxed and happy and confident about you know, having him the next day and knew that there was an actual end date, um, I went into spontaneous labour at 9.30. So <laughs> we um, called the midwife and she said, look, we don't want to go in tonight because um, the obstetrician who is supportive of breech birth isn't rostered on and the one that is rostered on uh, isn't supportive of of breech birth. And she said, so just stay at home. She said, go to sleep, see how you feel try and have a shower and relax and, you know, try and get a few hours sleep and we'll try and aim 
can get there in the morning still because he'll be there from early in the morning. So I did try. I went to the toilet and my and my waters had broke, so I I knew that something was was happening. And we'd, I tried to go to bed and, and relax, but the contractions were about every five minutes apart. So we rang her again. And we said that this is, you know, so she listened to me and she said, yep, well, okay, we're going in. <laughs> so we um, drove to the hospital and that was all a really different experience, I guess, too, that whole having to get ready and leave the home, which I had done for Louis and Pearl, but it was going to my parents' house. And so, you know, I was in casual clothing and everything and, and didn't pack bags or anything like that. So there was those kinds of things I guess I hadn't really ever prepared for of like what I needed to take and what would I have with me there and those sort of things. Um, and we got to the hospital and met my midwife at the front doors and we went in so that she could could admit me. Um, and it so, was a little bit sorry. sorry. So did she work at that hospital as well? Was she able to kind of um, sort of act as your midwife in a professional sense there or was she more like a birth support or a doula sort of role? Yeah, it was a little bit tricky because she had a working relationship with the obstetrician. So had I gone in the next day and had the induction, she could have worked with him as my birthing team. Um, but because he wasn't there, uh, when we went in, the obstetrician that was rostered on that night uh, didn't want to support me in a vaginal breech birth at all. Um and wasn't happy that my midwife was there. So that was as excited as I was to finally be meeting um, Vince because it was 42 weeks and I, I was pretty over it. Um, that was a bit tricky to deal with the hospital policies, I guess, and the politics that were going on. So we did in the end manage to um, get a room and my midwife um, was going to be there as support to – there was another lovely midwife there who she had worked with before um, and she was from the UK and it was interesting speaking with her because she said in the UK when you train as a midwife, you train in all presentations of birth and you continue and you um, you do your retraining every single year. And she said it was interesting coming to Australia because it was quite different. That wasn't – she said she sought out a hospital in Sydney that was supportive of breech birth so that she could maintain her skills um, and experience. And so we were lucky that she happened to be rostered on that night. So she was very excited and she said, absolutely, I'll, I'll be, you know, your midwife for, for tonight. And so my midwife was able to work with her really well. So we, even though the obstetrician a couple of times um, tried to pressure me into a C-section, I think because I had had such a wonderful um, conversation with the obstetrician that day, I felt a little bit more empowered with, with standing up for myself. And so I said, look, you know, I take all your advice on board, um, but I do want to try for a vaginal breech birth. And so I was given a time frame of six hours and if nothing happened, they would reassess. Um, so that was interesting, being given a time limit, I guess, because with my two first births, it was just go with the flow and see how you're feeling and everything. So I went into the shower and my midwife was wonderful in keeping everyone out of the room. Um, there are a lot of people who wanted to come in and, and do lots of checks and everything. So she was, I guess, sort of like a guardian of the room, which really helped. Um, and my husband and I were just able to be in the shower. And we had Vincy after about four and a half hours, which was was good. I felt like maybe giving me that time frame. I knew that I actually had to have him, and if I didn't, they were going to try and force me into a C-section, which 
I guess I, even though I can stand up for myself, I do still find the whole idea of informed consent at a hospital quite interesting. There are a number of times where they would come over and say, oh, we're going to do this now. And I, you know, because I'd be halfway through a contraction, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. And my husband, thank God, would say, oh, actually, hang on. Um, why do you need to do that and what's the reasoning? Because they often would wait um, the other midwives that were coming in until my midwife was out of the room to ask a question which I look back now and I go, oh, okay, well, I see what was going on there. Um, fortunately, he, anytime we were asked something or told that something had to happen, he would just send her a quick text and she'd say, absolutely not, you know, you can say no to everything. So um, the only thing I let them do was monitor his heartbeat. Um, and even that I found really uncomfortable and hard to wear the big strap while I was trying to move around. Um, so because I was wanting to walk and squat a lot in the shower. so. I guess even just that was the only intervention I had, but I found that even annoying enough and it made me more conscious of being where I was as opposed to getting into the birthing zone. And how were you feeling um, this time not being in the birth pool? That was hard. I had been really hoping to be um, in a birthing pool and they were wanting me once I was ready to push to get up onto the bed um the obstetrician I'd spoken to the day before had said with with a breech baby gravity is your friend and you really want to be upright for as much as you can and moving around to help them get their bum through um and then to squat kind of like almost like in a frog-like position he had said and so I remember getting into the shower and I just I, there was two shower heads there and I just angled them both at my lower back um and just used those <laughs> I felt guilty for having a four-hour shower, but I, you know, I was like, I, I need the hot water. That's something that I find soothing um, and good for pain relief, I guess. And not that I found, I guess it's more of a pressure. I almost don't feel like giving birth is painful, that it's just like an intense pressure that happens, you know, and, and comes in waves, and then in between there's nothing. Um, so, yeah, so I kind of took his advice and I stayed upright in the shower and my midwife and husband would sort of come in and out and chat with me. Um, and at one point my midwife came in and said, you know, if you're, if you're ready to push, just try and wait until last minute because they're, they've got the bed out there ready and they've got the bed. The other um, thing that was happening was there was a lot of the NICU staff coming down expecting that Vince might need a bit of resuscitation because breech babies apparently often have a, they're a bit stunned when they're born. Um, so they were all preparing for, for sort of jumping in as soon as they needed to. Um, but yeah, he, much like with Pearl, um, I didn't push him and he just started coming out. So, uh, my husband was with me and then the midwife came rushing in, the hospital midwife came rushing in to, to make sure, um, the positioning and everything was fine. And, and that was kind of weird for me, I guess, because the feeling of it was so different. So with Louis and Pearl, I knew what was happening, you know, the head was coming out and the rest of their body with Vince, I had no idea coming out first I guess which is a you know you said the bottom would come out and then the, the legs flopped out and then the arms um, and then they even though I didn't feel the urge to push at all they did say we want you to do one big push now just to make sure the head comes through swiftly so I did that but um, it wasn't really intense at all like with Pearl it was the same sort of it felt much more like a flow like it came through with the contraction so was he, a, is, it, is it Frank Breach with the feet up near the head? Yeah, 
Yeah, that would have been quite strange. And and was it in the same contraction that his head was born as to his body? Yeah, he's, he just came all out in one go. <laughs> and yep, <it> was pretty- <laughs> your husband caught him again? Yeah, yeah. And it was weird because I, I guess um, the whole idea too of not being in the pool where they, they come out into the water was, was weird for me. I was, I don't know, I was worried. I remember squatting on the tiles and thinking, what if he does come out? Like who's going to, is he going to hit the tile floor and all that sort of thing, which I guess is why they probably want you to be up on the bed as well with a much more of a softened surface. Um, because with breech births too, my understanding is you're meant to be quite hands off because um, you don't want the head to flex up when you, when you touch them. But he came through so quickly that wasn't an issue anyway, um, fortunately. And he, he screamed out straight away, so he didn't need to be resuscitated. I was quite glad that it, um, none of the extra stuff was needed for him. So he, he, and then he started suckling straight away and we just got up on the bed. And who found out that he was a boy? Um, that was in the shower. And I remember we, we sort of had him and we, that he was passed up between my legs to me and I was holding him on my chest and we, we were looking at him for ages and then suddenly we're like, oh, wait, we don't even know, you know, if it was a boy or a girl. And so that's, that's when we checked. But it was, it's sort of not, it wasn't something that we'd thought of straight away. Yeah, it was really interesting because with the other two, we'd started to develop this idea about them and, and we'd worked on names and everything. Um, whereas Vince, we just didn't know. And we, yeah, it wasn't something we actually thought of when he was born. Mm. When my daughter was born, I didn't even remember to check that. I think eventually <laughs> his wife prompted me, do you want to find out? It's a boy or a girl? I think I actually said, oh, no, not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. It's sort of, yeah, it's interesting that it's not something that jumps to you straight away if you don't know. No, I mean, that's like the one question everybody asks you when you're pregnant, is it a boy or a girl? Yeah. A girl. Yeah. And when they're born, you couldn't care less. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like they're alive and they're breathing and they're crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. just a baby at that point. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And and so going on, how was your recovery from that birth? Was it? Did you feel like it was harder on your body or it was just? Um, it was all right. I remember the the weird thing. So I managed to um, catch up with the student. So it was it was nice that night. The student midwife who had, we had had with Pearl, she was a she had graduated by that stage, and so she was the second midwife that was going to be rostered on that night. Had I had him at home, um, and we caught up with her a few days later. So I was able to pick her brains a bit because she works in the hospital system. Um, because after I had him. Um, my poor midwife, my private midwife, had another woman who happened to go into labour at the same time as me. And it was interesting because it was actually her birthday. So the two babies were born on her birthday. But she was so exhausted by the end because she'd been driving in. between. So he was the other baby was being born at, hosp- uh, at home, So she, who happened to be about 10 minutes away from the hospital. So she was driving in between the two of us while the other midwife was there with her because she needed to make sure that she was with the other baby when, when he was born. Um, but it was interesting when I hopped up into the bed, so after she'd left and then I was sort of handed over to the hospital midwives a little bit, they were, because it was a lot more clinical, I guess, in the in the afterbirth and everything. Um, they I wasn't given a chance really to relax and deliver the placenta. They were 
pushing on me to to deliver it really quickly and I remember they punched down in my abdomen and I was like what is going on what is this you know because I hadn't had any of those experiences with the other two so that was all quite quite different and then the constant checks of my blood pressure and they had really been trying to push me to get a um, cannula in and everything and I said look if if there's an emergency and you need access to my veins you can get it I know you can do that later on like I'd, I'd rather have not as you know much stuff hanging out of me I guess you know and and hooking into me because I guess I hadn't had anything like that with the other two. I didn't, I wanted to have as, you know, least amount of intervention as possible. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So did you go home that day? Uh, we went home. So we had him at 4.30 in the morning and then um, they wanted to monitor his breathing. They were a bit, he was fine when he was born. Um, but okay. so we how big he was. Oh, he was four kilos in the end. So the ultrasound was a kilo out, which is a pretty big margin of error. (laughs) Um, So we were a bit disappointed by that because we could have had him at home in the end. Um, It wouldn't have been a problem because Pearl had been 4.2 and, yeah, Louis was 3.86. So he was smack bang in the middle. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've heard so many stories of them being inaccurate. So you sort of want (laughs) a bit tricky when you're using that to make decisions based off yeah and there's so many things hinge on them as well um you know even the fact that he was breached so when breech babies are born we and we have been told about it um, by the obstetrician beforehand that they do a poo as they're coming out and so part of the problem with that is because they're fine it's not going into the water because it's coming out as they're they're being born um, it still goes into the birth notes as they had meconium while they were being born. So that triggers then the next day monitoring to make sure they're okay and checking of their breathing, um, which meant that we did have to stay in an extra night, even though he was fine. It's just that when the, I think, you know, them in the risk averse, I guess, when the hospital notes say that there was meconium in the water, um, they wouldn't even, you know, even though we said, well, but it's because he was breached, they, they still have to monitor it as a, as a policy, I guess. Um, so we did stay, but it was lovely. The next day we did get to meet a lot of the different midwives on the, um, on the, the unit. And a lot of them came in and they said they were really glad to have had a vaginal breech birth in their, in their ward, um, that they don't see them that often. And it was really nice for someone to stick it to the system and go ahead as opposed to agreeing to the C-section. I think a lot of them knew that it wasn't really necessary. And they're a bit disappointed that hospital policy was to just push that straight away. And did you speak to the obstetrician that was on shift that night at all after the birth or did he make himself scarce? Uh, no, and not at all. And I was only ever conveyed over phone. Um, so that was interesting. And then the obstetrician who was rostered on the next day who was going to support me with the um, vaginal breech birth, he came in at 7 a.m. <laughs> to say hello and he said well I'm pleasantly surprised to see that you you've already had him and you're able to just have him spontaneously so that's really lovely and and good on you and you know all that sort of thing so it was nice to be able to meet him the next day I guess um but yeah the other the other obstetrician I never saw um and it was interesting because the one of the doctors from the NICU came down and before she even sort of said anything to me, she said, oh, so you're the one that had the risky birth. And I just thought, oh, I'm really, I'm over that, especially because we'd been in hospital with Louie and I had to deal with a lot of doctors being critical that we'd had a home birth. Um, I get a bit 
tired of that kind of attitude. And I said, well, it's not a risky birth. You know, I mean, we've had a wonderful birth um, and the staff were supportive and, and knew what they were doing and nothing went wrong. So I'm not quite sure why we'd try and turn it into a negative, you know. Yeah, and it's, you know, you're right there in the hospital with, you know, all of those facilities in place. If anything does go wrong, it's really. Yeah, 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 exactly. I might um sort of wind up now because we're running out of time, but thank you so much for sharing. Did you want to touch on a little bit about um sort of how you adjusted to having three and that family dynamic that you weren't expecting? <laughs> uh, it's a huge change. I think everyone says that, like, once you have three, you could have more than that and you'd never even notice. And so I have a friend who has um, – she has had three of her own and met someone who had three children and they had a child together. And I always think if she can if she can get through, I can do it. Um, it's totally life-changing, especially with also their five, four, and one and a half. Um, it's chaotic and wonderful and challenging. But I guess I'm loving seeing all their personalities develop and seeing how they work together in different ways and how they bond with us differently. And at the moment, one of the big things, I guess, for Pearl and Vince is because Vince needs me so much. He's, you know, he's breastfeeding everything. I'm having to work with Pearl to remember that she is, you know, equally loved by everyone in the family. And she sometimes feels a bit left out, I guess, because she's not feeding anymore and, and she can't always just snuggle into me as much as she used to so I guess it's working with all those dynamics of the the different personalities and making sure everyone feels equally valid and part of the family and loved you know mm. yeah oh beautiful and you're definitely done now yes <laughs> we um, you know we had actually because we had a, we were only going to ever have two my husband had booked in for a vasectomy and it was over that Christmas and we went away and then one of the appointments had to be postponed because it was that December, January period. We thought that's okay. We'll just postpone for a couple of months. And then it was during that time that we felt pregnant with Vince. But he did have a vasectomy last Christmas because we thought if we're this fertile, we're going to have to do something else pretty drastic to make it make it not happen again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was lovely to chat to you. Yeah, you too. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Ruby. I just want to say a great big thank you um, to you for listening today and for um, everybody who's listened to an episode of the podcast so far. I'm really blown away with the response and the support that I've had. And I also wanted to say thank you to the women who've shared their stories so far. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been such an honour and I've been, yeah, really, really grateful for how openly and, and willingly people can share such a vulnerable time. If you are enjoying listening to the podcast so far, it would be amazing if you could just take a few seconds at the end of this episode to um, jump onto your app and just click subscribe, um, leave a quick star rating there. And if you have um, if you have time and you can fit it in, just a couple of words about what you're enjoying about the show. Yeah, it really helps me to receive feedback from you guys. So yeah, thank you in advance if you have time to do that. And I'll speak to you again next week.